Section 10 of Men Like Gods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Men Like Gods by H. G. Wells. Book 2, Chapter 2 The Castle on the Crag. Section 1 The quarantine place to which the earthlings were taken must have been at a very considerable distance from the place of the conference because they were nearly six hours upon their journey and all the time they were flying high and very swiftly they were all together in one flying ship it was roomy and comfortable and could have held perhaps four times as many passengers they were accompanied by about thirty utopians in gas masks among whom were two women the aviators wore dresses of a white fleecy substance that aroused the interest and envy of both miss gray and lady stella the flying ship passed down the valley and over the great plain and across a narrow sea and another land with a rocky coast and dense forests and across a great space of empty sea there was scarcely any shipping to be seen upon the sea at all it seemed to mr barnstaple that no earthly ocean would be so untravelled only once or twice did he see very big drifting vessels quite unlike any earthly ships huge rafts or platforms they seemed to be rather than ships and once or twice he saw what was evidently a cargo boat one with rigged masts and sails and the air was hardly more frequented after he was out of sight of land he saw only three aeroplanes until the final landfall they crossed a rather thickly inhabited very delightful-looking coastal belt and came over what was evidently a rainless desert country given over to mining and to vast engineering operations far away were very high snowy mountains but the aeroplane descended before it came to these for a time the earthlings were flying over enormous heaps of slaggy accumulations great mountains of them that seemed to be derived from a huge well-like excavation that went down into the earth to an unknown depth a tremendous thunder of machinery came out of this pit and much smoke here there were crowds of workers and they seemed to be living in camps among the debris evidently the workers came to this place merely for spells of work there were no signs of homes the aeroplane of the earthling skirted this region and flew on over a rocky and almost treeless desert deeply cut by steep gorges of the canyon type few people were to be seen but there were abundant signs of engineering activity every torrent every cataract was working a turbine and great cables followed the cliffs of the gorges and were carried across the desert places in the wider places of the gorges there were pine woods and a fairly abundant vegetation the high crag which was their destination stood out an almost completely isolated headland in the fork between two convergent canyons it towered up to a height of perhaps two thousand feet above the foaming clash of the torrents below a great mass of pale greenish and purple rocks jagged and buttressed and cleft deeply by joint planes and white crystalline veins the gorge on one side of it was much steeper than that on the other it was so overhung indeed as to be darkened like a tunnel and here within a hundred feet or so of the brow a slender metallic bridge had been flung across the gulf some yards above it were projections that might have been the remains of an earlier bridge of stone behind the crag fell steeply for some hundreds of feet to a long slope covered with a sparse vegetation which rose again to the main masses of the mountain a wall of cliffs with a level top 
it was on this slope that the aeroplane came down alongside of three or four smaller machines the crag was surmounted by the tall ruins of an ancient castle within the circle of whose walls clustered a number of buildings which had recently harbored a group of chemical students their researches which had been upon some question of atomic structure quite incomprehensible to mr barnstaple were finished now and the place had become vacant their laboratory was still stocked with apparatus and material and water and power were supplied to it from higher up the gorge by means of pipes and cables there was also an abundant store of provisions a number of utopians were busily adapting the place to its new purpose of isolation and disinfection when the earthlings arrived serpentine appeared in the company of a man in a gas mask whose name was cedar this cedar was a cytologist and he was in charge of the arrangements for this improvised sanatorium serpentine explained that he himself had flown to the crag in advance because he understood the equipment of the place and the research that had been going on there and because his knowledge of the earthlings and his comparative immunity to their infections made him able to act as an intermediary between them and the medical men who would now take charge of their case he made these explanations to mr burleigh mr barnstaple lord baralonga and mr hunker the other earthlings stood about in small groups beside the aeroplane from which they had alighted regarding the castellated summit of the crag the scrubby bushes of the bleak upland about them and the towering clefts of the adjacent canyons with no very favorable expressions mr catskill had gone apart nearly to the edge of the great canyon was standing with his hands behind his back in an attitude almost napoleonic lost in thought gazing down into those sunless depths the roar of the unseen waters below now loud now nearly inaudible quivered in the air miss greetick gray had suddenly produced a kodak camera she had been reminded of its existence when packing for this last journey she was taking a snapshot of the entire party cedar said that he would explain the method of treatment he proposed to follow and lord baralonga called rupert to bring mr catskill into the group of cedar's hearers cedar was as explicit and concise as earthred had been it was evident he said that the earthlings were the hosts of a variety of infectious organisms which were kept in check in their bodies by immunizing counter substances but against which the utopians had no defenses ready and could hope to secure immunity only after a painful and disastrous epidemic the only way to prevent this epidemic devastating their whole planet indeed was firstly to gather together and cure all the cases affected which was being done by converting the conference park into a big hospital and next to take the earthlings in hand and isolate them absolutely from the utopians until they could be cleaned of their infections it was he confessed an inhospitable thing to do to the earthlings but it seemed the only possible thing to do to bring them into this peculiarly high and dry desert air and there to devise methods for their complete physical cleansing if that was possible it would be done and then the earthlings would again be free to go and come as they pleased in utopia but suppose it is not possible said mr catskill abruptly i think it will be but if you fail cedar smiled at serpentine physical research is taking up the work in which arden and greenlake were foremost and it will not be long before we are able to repeat their experiment 
and then to reverse it with us as your raw material not until we are fairly sure of a safe landing for you you mean said mr mush who had joined the circle about cedar and serpentine that you are going to send us back if we cannot keep you said cedar smiling delightful prospect said mr mush unpleasantly to be shot across space in a gun experimentally and may i ask him the voice of father amerton may i ask the nature of this treatment of yours these experiments of which we are to be the guinea pig so to speak is it to be anything in the nature of vaccination injections explained mr barnstaple i have hardly decided yet said cedar the problem raises questions this world has forgotten for ages i must say at once that i am a confirmed anti-vaccinationist said father amerton absolutely vaccination is an outrage on nature if i had any doubts before i came into this world of of vitiation i have no doubts now not a doubt if god had meant us to have these serums and ferments in our bodies he would have provided more natural and dignified means of getting them there than a squirt cedar did not discuss the point he went on to further apologies for a time you must ask the earthlings to keep within certain limits to confine themselves to the crag and the slopes below it as far as the mountain cliffs and further it was impossible to set young people to attend to them as had hitherto been done they must cook for themselves and see to themselves generally the appliances were all to be found above upon the crest of the crag and he and serpentine would make any explanations that were needful they would find there was ample provision for them then are we to be left alone here asked mr catskill for a time when we have our problem clearer we will come again and tell you what we mean to do good said mr catskill good i wish i hadn't sent my maid by train said lady stella i have come to my last clean collar said monsieur dupont with a little humorous grimace it is no joke this weekend with lord baralonga lord baralonga turned suddenly to his particular minion i believe that ridley has the makings of a very good cook i don't mind trying my hand said ridley i've done most things and once i used to look after a steam car a man who can keep one of those those things in order can do anything said mr pank with unusual emotion i've no objection to being a temporary general utility along of mr ridley i began my career in the pantry and i ain't ashamed to own it if this gentleman will show us the gadget said mr ridley indicating serpentine exactly said mr pank and if all of us give as little trouble as possible said miss greta bravely i think we shall be able to manage said mr burleigh to cedar if at first you can spare us a little advice and help section two cedar and serpentine remained with the earthlings upon quarantine crag till late in the afternoon they helped to prepare a supper and set it out in the courtyard of the castle they departed with a promise to return on the morrow and the earthlings watched them and their accompanying aeroplanes soar up into the sky mr barnstaple was surprised to find himself distressed at their going he had a feeling that mischief was brewing amongst his companions and that the withdrawal of these utopians removed a check upon this mischief he had helped lady stella in the preparation of an omelette he had to carry back a dish and a frying-pan to the kitchen after it was served so that he was the last to seat himself at the supper-table he found the mischief he dreaded well afoot 
mr catskill had finished his supper already and was standing with his foot upon a bench orating to the rest of the company i ask you ladies and gentlemen mr catskill was saying i ask you is not destiny writ large upon this day's adventure not for nothing was this place a fortress in ancient times here it is ready to be a fortress again hm a fortress in such an adventure as will make the stories of cortez and pizarro pale their ineffectual fires my dear rupert cried mr burleigh what have you got in that head of yours now mr catskill waved two fingers dramatically the conquest of a world good god cried mr barnstaple are you mad as clive said mr catskill or sultan baber when he marched to panapa it's a tall proposition said mr hunker who seemed to have had his mind already prepared for these suggestions but i am inclined to give it a hearing the alternative so far as i can figure it out is to be scoured and whitewashed inside and out and then fired back into our own world with a chance of hitting something hard on the way you tell them mr catskill tell them said lord baralanga who had also been prepared it's a gamble i admit but there are situations where one has to gamble or be gambled with i'm all for the active voice it's a gamble certainly said mr catskill but upon this narrow peninsula upon this square mile or so of territory the fate sir of two universes awaits decision this is no time for the faint heart and the paralyzing touch of discretion plan swiftly act swiftly this is simply thrilling cried miss greta gray clasping her hands about her knees and smiling radiantly at mr mush these people mr barnstaple interrupted are three thousand years ahead of us we are like a handful of hottentots in a showman's van at earl's court planning the conquest of london mr catskill hands on hips turned with extraordinary good humour upon mr barnstaple three thousand years away from us yes three thousand years ahead of us no that is where you and i join issue you say these people are supermen hm supermen i say they are degenerate men let me call your attention to my reasons for this belief in spite of their beauty their very considerable material and intellectual achievements and so forth ideal people i admit what then my case is that they have reached a summit and passed it that they are going on by inertia and that they have lost the power not only of resistance to disease that weakness we shall develop more and more but also of meeting strange and distressing emergencies they are gentle altogether too gentle they are ineffectual they do not know what to do here is father amerton he disturbed that first meeting in the most insulting way you know you did mr amerton i'm not blaming you you are morally sensitive and there were things to outrage you he was threatened as a little boy is threatened by a feeble old woman something was to be done to him has anything been done to him a man and a woman came and talked to me said father amerton and what did you do simply confuted them lifted up my voice and confuted them what did they say what could they say we all thought tremendous things were going to be done to poor father amerton well and now take a graver case our friend lord baralonga ran amuck with his car and killed a man hm even at home they'd have endorsed your license you know and find your man but here the thing has scarcely been mentioned since why because they do not know what to say about it or do about it and now they have put us here and begged us to be good 
until they are ready to come and try experiments upon us and inject things into us and i don't know what and if we submit sir if we submit we lose one of our greatest powers over these people our power of at once giving and resisting malays and in addition i know not what powers of initiative that may very well be associated with that physiological toughness of which we are to be robbed they may trifle with our ductless glands but science tells us that these very glands secrete our personalities mentally morally we shall be dissolved if we submit sir if we submit but suppose we do not submit what then well said lord baralanga what then they will not know what to do do not be deceived by any outward show of beauty and prosperity these people are living as the ancient peruvians were living in the time of pizarro in an enervating dream they have drunk in the debilitating draught of socialism and as in ancient peru there is no health nor power or will left in them any more a handful of resolute men and women who can dare may not only dare but triumph in the face of such a world and thus it is i lay my plans before you you mean to jump this entire utopian planet said mr hunker big orders said lord baralanga i mean sir to assert the rights of a more vigorous form of social life over a less vigorous form of social life here we are in a fortress it is a real fortress and quite defensible while you others have been unpacking baralanga and hunker and i have been seeing to that there is the sheltered well so that if need arises we can get water from the canyon below the rock is excavated into chambers and shelters the wall on the land side is sound and high glazed so that it cannot be scaled this great archway can easily be barricaded when the need arises steps go down through the rock to that little bridge which can if necessary be cut away we have not yet explored all the excavations in mr hunker we have a chemist he was a chemist before the movie picture claimed him as its master and he says there is ample material in the laboratory for a store of bombs this party i can find can muster five revolvers with ammunition i scarcely dared hope for that we have food for many days oh this is ridiculous cried mr barnstaple standing up and then sitting down again this is preposterous to turn on these friendly people but they can blow this little headland to smithereens whenever they want to ah said mr catskill and held him with his outstretched finger we thought of that but we can take a leaf from the book of cortez who in the very centre of mexico held montezuma as his prisoner and hostage we too will have our hostage before we lift a finger first our hostage aerial bombs is there such a thing in utopia or such an idea and again we must have our hostage somebody of importance said mr hunker caesar and serpentine are both important people said mr burley in tones of disinterested observation but surely sir you do not countenance the schoolboy's dream of piracy cried mr barnstaple sincerely shocked schoolboys cried father amerton a cabinet minister a peer and a great entrepreneur my dear sir said mr burley we are after all only envisioning eventualities for the life of me i do not see why we should not thresh out these possibilities though i pray to heaven we may never have to realize them you were saying rupert we have to establish ourselves here and assert our independence and make ourselves felt by these utopians ear ear said mr ridley cordially one or two i'd like to make feel personally 
we have to turn this prison into a capital into the first foothold of mankind in this world it is like a foot thrust into a reluctant door that must never more close upon our race it is closed said mr barnstaple except by the mercy of these utopians we shall never see our world again and even with their mercy it is doubtful that's been keeping me awake nights said mr hunker it's an idea that must have occurred to all of us said mr burleigh and it's an idea that's so thundering disagreeable that one hasn't cared to talk about it said lord baralonga i never had it until this moment said pank you don't really mean to say sir we can't get back things will be as they will be said mr burleigh that is why i'm anxious to hear mr catskill's ideas mr catskill rested his hands on his hips and his manner became very solemn for once he said i'm in agreement with mr barnaby i believe that the chances are against our ever seeing the dear cities of our world again i felt that said lady stella with white lips i knew that two days ago and so behold my weekend expand to an eternity said monsieur dupont and for a long time no one said another word it's as if pank said at last why one might be dead but i must be back miss greetigay broke out abruptly as one who sets aside a foolish idea it's absurd i have to go on at the alhambra on september the second it's imperative we came here quite easily it's ridiculous to say i can't go back in the same way lord baralonga regarded her with affectionate malignity you wait he said but i must she sang there are such things as impossibilities even for miss greta gray charter a special aeroplane she said anything he regarded her with an elfin grin and shook his head my dear man she said you've only seen me in a holiday mood so far work is serious my dear girl that alhambra of yours is about as far from us now as the court of king nabuchadnezzar it can't be done but it mirth she said in her queenly way and that's all about it section three mr barnstaple got up from the table and walked apart to where a gap in the castle wall gave upon the darkling wilderness without he sat down there his eyes went from the little group talking around the supper-table to the sunlit crest of the cliffs across the canyon and to the wild and lonely mountain slopes below the headland in this world he might have to live out the remainder of his days and those days might not be very numerous if mr catskill had his way sydenham and his wife and the boys were indeed as far as the court of king nabuchadnezzar he had scarcely given his family a thought since he had posted his letter at victoria now he felt a queer twinge of desire to send them some word or token if only he could queer that they would never hear from him or of him again how would they get on without him would there be any difficulty about the account at the bank or about the insurance money he had always intended to have a joint and several account with his wife at the bank and he never quite liked to do it joint and several thing every man ought to do his attention came back to mr catskill unfolding his plans we have to make up our minds to what may be a prolonged a very prolonged stay here do not let us deceive ourselves upon that score may last for years may last for generations something struck pank in that i don't hardly see he said how that can be generations i'm coming to that said mr catskill 
unhappily said mr pank and became profoundly restrained and thoughtful with his eyes on lady stella we have to remain a little alien community in this world until we dominate it as the romans dominated the greeks and until we master its science and subdue it to our purpose that may mean a long struggle may mean a very long struggle indeed and meanwhile we must maintain ourselves as a community we must consider ourselves a colony a garrison until that day of reunion comes we must hold our hostages sir and not only our hostages may be necessary for our purpose and if it is necessary for our purpose so be it to get in others of these utopians to catch them young before this so-called education of theirs unfits them for our purpose to train them in the great traditions of our empire and our race mr hunker seemed on the point of saying something but refrained monsieur dupont got up sharply from the table walked four paces away returned and stood still watching mr catskill generation said mr pank yes said mr catskill generations for here we are strangers strangers like that other little band of adventurers who established their citadel five and twenty centuries ago upon the capital beside the russian tiber this is our capital a greater capital of a greater rome in a vaster world and like that band of roman adventurers we too may have to reinforce our scanty numbers at the expense of the sabines about us and take to ourselves servants and helpers and mates no sacrifice is too great for the high possibility of this adventure monsieur dupont seemed to nerve himself for the sacrifice duly married injected father amerton duly married said mr catskill in parentheses and so sir we will hold out here and maintain ourselves and dominate this desert countryside and spread our prestige and our influence and our spirit into the inert body of this decadent utopian world until at last we are able to master the secret that arden and greenlake were seeking and recover the way back to our own people opening to the crowded millions of our empire section four just a moment said mr hunker just a moment about this empire exactly said monsieur dupont recalled abruptly from some romantic daydream about your empire mr catskill regarded them thoughtfully and defensively when i say empire i mean it in the most general sense exactly snapped monsieur dupont i was thinking generally of our atlantic civilization before sir you go on to talk of anglo-saxon unity and the english-speaking race said monsieur dupont with a rising note of bitterness in his voice permit me to remind you sir of one very important fact that you seem to be overlooking the language of utopia sir is french i want to remind you of that i want to recall it to your mind i will lay no stress here on the sacrifices and martyrdoms that france has endured in the cause of civilization the voice of mr burleigh interrupted a very natural misconception but if you will pardon the correction the language of utopia is not french of course mr barnstaple reflected monsieur dupont had not heard the explanation of the language difficulty permit me sir to believe the evidence of my own ears the frenchman replied with dignified politeness these utopians i can assure you speak french and nothing but french and very excellent french it is they speak no language at all said mr burleigh not even english sneered monsieur dupont not even english not league of nations perhaps but bah why do i argue they speak french not even a boche would deny it 
it needs an englishman a beautiful wrangle thought mr barnstaple there was no utopian present to undeceive monsieur dupont and he stuck to his belief magnificently with a mixture of pity and derision and anger mr barnstaple listened to this little band of lost human beings in the twilight of a vast strange possibly inimical world growing more and more fierce and keen in a dispute over the claims of their three nations to dominate utopia claims based entirely upon greeds and misconceptions their voices rose to shouts and sank to passionate intensity as their lifelong habits of national egotism reasserted themselves mr hunker would hear nothing of an empire monsieur dupont would hear of nothing but the supreme claim of france mr catskill twisted and turned to mr barnstaple this conflict of patriotic prepossession seemed like a dogfight on a sinking ship but at last mr catskill persistent and ingenious made headway against his two antagonists he stood at the end of the table explaining that he had used the word empire loosely apologizing for using it explaining that when he said empire he had all western civilization in mind when i said it he said turning to mr hunker i meant a common brotherhood of understanding he faced toward monsieur dupont i meant our tried and imperishable entente there are at least no russians here said monsieur dupont and no germans true said lord barralonga we start ahead of the hun here and we can keep ahead and i take it said mr hunker that japanese are barred no reason why we shouldn't start clean with a complete color bar reflected lord barralonga this seems to me a white man's world at the same time said monsieur dupont coldly and insistently you will forgive me if i ask you for some clearer definition of our present relationship and for some guarantee some effective guarantee that the immense sacrifices france has made and still makes in the cause of civilized life will receive their proper recognition and their due reward in this adventure i only ask for justice said monsieur dupont section five indignation made mr barnstaple bold he got down from his perch upon the wall and came up to the table are you mad he said or am i this squabble over flags and countries and fanciful rights and deserts it is hopeless folly do you not realize even now the position we are in his breath failed him for a moment then he resumed are you incapable of thinking of human affairs except in terms of flags and fighting and conquest and robbery can you not realize the proportion of things and the quality of this world into which we have fallen as i have said already we are like some band of savages in a show at earl's court plotting the subjugation of london we are like suppressed cannibals in the hearts of a great city dreaming of a revival of our ancient and forgotten filthiness what are our chances in this fantastic struggle mr ridley spoke reprovingly you are forgetting everything you just been told everything arf their population is laid out with flu and measles and there's no such thing as a healthy fighting will left in all utopia precisely said mr catskill well suppose you have chances that makes your scheme the more hopeful it also makes it the more horrible here we are lifted up out of the troubles of our time to a vision to a reality of civilization such as our own world could only hope to climb to in scores of centuries here is a world at peace splendid happy full of wisdom and hope if our puny strength and base cunning can contrive it we are to shatter it all we are proposing to wreck a world 
i tell you it is not an adventure it is a crime it is an abomination i will have no part in it i am against you in this attempt father amerton would have spoken but mr burleigh arrested him by a gesture what would you have us do asked mr burleigh submit to their science learn what we can from them in a little while we may be cured of our inherent poisons and we may be permitted to return from this outlying desert of mines and turbines and rock to those gardens of habitation we have as yet scarcely seen there we too may learn something of civilization in the end we may even go back to our own disordered world with knowledge with hope and help missionaries of a new order but why began father amerton again mr burleigh took the word everything you say he remarked rests on unproven assumptions you choose to see this utopia through rose-tinted glasses we others for it is he counted eleven to one against you see things without such favourable preconceptions and i may ask sir said father amerton springing to his feet and hitting the table a blow that set all the glasses talking may i ask who you are to set yourself up as a judge and censor of the common opinion of mankind for i tell you sir that here in this lonely and wicked and strange world we here we twelve do represent mankind we are the advance guard the pioneers in the new world that god has given us even as he gave canaan to israel his chosen three thousand years ago who are you exactly said pank who are you and mr ridley reinforced him with a shout who the hell are you mr barnstaple had no platform skill to meet so direct an attack he stood helpless astonishingly lady stella came to his rescue that isn't fair father amerton she said mr barnstaple whoever he is has a perfect right to express his own opinion and having expressed it said mr catskill who had been walking up and down on the other side of the table to that on which mr barnstaple stood hm having expressed it to allow us to proceed with the business in hand i suppose it was inevitable that we should find the conscientious objector in our midst even in utopia the rest of us i take it are very much of one mind about our situation we are said mr mush regarding mr barnstaple with a malevolent expression very well then i suppose we must follow the precedents established for such cases we will not ask mr mr bastable to share the dangers and the honours of a combatant we'll ask him merely to do civilian work of a helpful nature mr barnstaple held up his hand no he said i am not disposed to be helpful i do not recognize the analogy of the situation to the needs of the great war and anyhow i am entirely opposed to this project this brigandage of a civilization you cannot call me a conscientious objector to fighting because i do not object to fighting in a just cause but this adventure of yours is not a just cause i implore you mr burleigh you who are not merely a politician but a man of culture and a philosopher to reconsider what it is we are being urged towards towards acts of violence and mischief from which there will be no drawing back mr barnstaple said mr burleigh with grave dignity and something like a note of reproach in his voice i have considered but i think i may venture to say that i am a man of some experience some traditional experience in human affairs i may not altogether agree with my friend mr catskill nay i will go further and say that in many respects i 
do not agree with him if i were the autocrat here i would say that we have to offer these utopians resistance for our self-respect but not to offer them the violent and aggressive resistance that he contemplates i think we could be far more subtle far more elaborate and far more successful than mr catskill is likely to be but that is my own opinion neither mr hunker nor lord baralonga nor mr mush nor monsieur dupont shares it nor do mr our friends the uh, technical engineers here share it and what i do perceive to be imperative upon our little band of earthlings lost here in a strange universe is unity of action whatever else betide dissension must not betray us we must hold together and act together as one body discuss it if you will when there is any time for discussion but in the end decide and having decided abide loyally by the decision upon the need of securing a hostage or two i have no manner of doubt whatever mr catskill is right mr barnstaple was a bad debater but these utopians are as human as we are he said all that is most sane and civilized in ourselves is with them mr ridley interrupted in a voice designedly rough oh lord he said we can't go on jawing here forever it's sunset and mr this gentleman as at his say and more than is say we ought to have our places and know what is expected of us before night may i propose that we elect mr catskill our captain with full military powers i second that said mr burleigh with grave humility perhaps monsieur dupont said mr catskill will act with me as associated captain representing our glorious ally his own great country in the absence of a more worthy representative acquiesced monsieur dupont and to see that french interests are duly respected and if mr hunker would act as my lieutenant lord baralonga will be our quartermaster and father amerton our chaplain and censor mr burleigh it goes without saying will be our civil head mr hunker coughed he frowned with the expression of one who makes a difficult explanation i won't be exactly lieutenant he said i'll take no official position i've a sort of distaste for foreign entanglements i'll be a looker-on who helps but i think you'll find that you can count on me gentlemen when help is needed mr catskill seated himself at the head of the table and indicated the chair next to his for monsieur dupont miss greta gray seated herself on his other hand between him and mr hunker mr burleigh remained in his place a chair or so from mr hunker the rest came and stood round the captain except lady stella and mr barnstaple almost ostentatiously mr barnstaple turned his back on the new command lady stella he saw remained seated far down the table looking dubiously at the little crowd of people at the end then her eyes went to the desolate mountain crest beyond she shivered violently and stood up it's going to be very cold here after sunset she said with nobody heeding her i shall go and unpack a wrap she walked slowly to her quarters and did not reappear section six mr barnstaple did not want to seem to listen to this council of war he walked to the wall of the old castle and up a flight of stone steps and along the rampart to the peak of the headland here the shattering and beating sound of the waters in the two convergent canyons was very loud there was still a bright upper rim of sunlit rock on the mountain face behind but all the rest of the world was now in a deepening blue shadow 
and a fleecy white mist was gathering in the canyons below and hiding the noisy torrents it drifted up almost to the level of the little bridge that spanned the narrower canyon to a railed stepway from the crest of the further side for the first time since he had arrived in utopia mr barnstaple felt a chill in the air and loneliness like a pain upon the broader of the two meeting canyons some kind of engineering work was going on and periodic flashes lit the drifting mist far away over the mountains a solitary aeroplane very high caught the sun's rays ever and again and sent down quivering flashes of dazzling gold light and then as it wheeled about vanished again in the deepening blue he looked down into the great courtyard of the ancient castle below him the modern buildings in the twilight looked like phantom pavilions amidst the archaic masonry someone had brought a light and captain rupert catskill the new cortez was writing orders while his commando stood about him the light shone on the face and shoulders and arms of miss greta gray she was peering over the captain's arm to see what he was writing and as mr barnstaple looked he saw her raise her hand suddenly to conceal an involuntary yawn End of book two chapter two